1: In the Marbles with Preston and
0: Matt. Hello
1: everybody and thank you for listening to In the Marbles. I'm Matt Beamer along with Preston Lude and we got a very special edition of In the Marbles here today. We are here at the Charlotte Motor Speedway in the Camp and World Resort campground where we are broadcasting from or more so recording for our next episode we have a very special edition lude what is this very special edition of in the marbles today uh
2: our very special edition this weekend is uh your friend charlie he's with us uh hanging out with
1: us that's right charlie herkus from alabama one of my best friends he's up here for the weekend with us and he himself is a race car driver in alabama we'll get more into charlie later since we're here what do we got going on here at the Hole? that's big news
2: uh well, some big news from yesterday. Uh, front row Motorsports driver Michael McDowell went to the hospital yesterday morning. Didn't get to practice. Uh, Austin Cedric practiced the uh, car for him. Uh, let me see here. McDowell went to the hospital with uh, abdominal pains. Turns out he had uh, kidney stones was later revealed but he did return to the track for qualifying yesterday
1: all right well hopefully he's okay maybe he'll make a quick recovery from that i'm here those kidney stones aren't fun at all we'll just go on from there okay so what else do we have here i mean we're here we yesterday we rolled in and set up and went to qualifying it was a lot of fun chase Elliott spun out right in front of us and uh we met someone we, we met, met we uh, met someone at the souvenir who do we meet
2: uh, we got uh, we met uh justin allgaier yesterday and uh, we told him about the <clears> podcast and uh, he followed us back on
1: Twitter. Nice. So we now have a Junior Motorsports Xfinity driver following us. It's, it's happening, folks. It's happening. We hope that you enjoyed. We hope that Justin enjoys this podcast as much as hopefully everybody else does out there, or at least as much as we enjoy doing it. So I was thinking, you said Justin Allgaier was there. I heard Michael ornette. I went up to Justin and said, bro. I saw you win Daytona this year. he said, I finished second. It's like, oh, no. So, way to, uh,
2: yeah, Way to upset him.
1: Yeah, way to, way to
2: you get on, on the right foot, foot there, Beaver.
1: Yeah, that was totally my fault, egg-in-the-face moment. But here's what we're going to do. Uh, I There's really, I mean, we got the Xfinity race today. And Xfinity
2: qualifying. Xfinity today.
1: qualifying. I'm probably not going to make it to the qualifying. You guys could go, but my dad's rolling in here later today. That's it, the Xfinity race today. And then we're going to come back, enjoy the rest of the festivities. But since we're here, uh, we're keeping Charlie waiting here on the on the couch here and i know he wants to get on with the festivities as far as oh he already has he already has a cold miller light in his hands we're gonna go ahead and bring him over and uh get to know charlie herkus from alabama okay we're here with charlie herkus one of my best friends charlie how are you doing today
3: i'm, I'm doing good doing good glad to be here
1: Good, man. I'm so glad you got to come up here from Alabama and totally packed up my whole studio just to interview you. This is our first driver interview at, here at Into Marbles, and just kind of a way to get local short track drivers out and get their name out there, try to get their name out there to a little more. So, okay, we're going to start off with this question. Where are you from? What do you race? And where do you race?
3: Uh, raised in Kinston, Alabama. Live there now. I race at South Alabama Speedway, uh, home of the Rattler 250. in March. Y'all come out, watch it for sure. Uh, A lot of big name, late model drivers out there, they'll be having, you know, it's a good show. It always is. And then I run a local class there. It's Cup Lights. Okay. It's a three-quarter scale car. Just a lot of fun. A lot of fun.
1: How long have you uh, been embracing Cup Lights?
3: Been running Cup Lights six years
1: six years what, what got you into cup lights like okay we'll go back a little further when did you start developing your passion for racing and become a driver
3: i mean my dad was racing go-karts even before i was born after i was born i got into it three years old was the first time i ever got on track and then it's just kind of went from there so I run karts till i was 16 17 years old then started running like a hobby stock class at South Alabama Speedway. Then left, went to school, took some time off, and then when I got back into it, I bought a couple out car and been running it since.
1: Now, when you say school, I take it that's NTI in Mooresville, yes. uh, where you and I both attended with dreams of where I, our, I,
3: our passionate friendship started.
1: I, I know for me, I wanted to get into NASCAR very badly. I met my wife, don't regret it on haul, choosing to give her the priority i really enjoyed that that's and you know what's funny about our relationship we used to not like each other
3: yeah i, I when we first met it was through bobby which yeah, i it was think it was you know a fr- another mutual friend of ours and i don't know if it just took some time to build that well, I, friendship or or what i, I don't know
1: I like to tell people it's our egos we had i had a kind of a big ego coming out of the marine corps and you you're, you're a driver by nature so you definitely totally by nature having big ego i would expect
3: uh, you can't say all drivers have big egos yeah. i don't think i have a big ego well
1: i don't know drivers yet. like i said this is our first driver interview i'm going to get to know drivers it was funny because when we first met we didn't like each other and then you got snowed in at my apartment because you were over there i got a playstation 3 and a big tv which i'm immediately brings friends in i guess you got snowed in and that's where we decided oh yeah you got to kind of have to stay here that's where we kind of formed the friendship and definitely very thankful for that we worked through that not even really differences just, we just didn't know each other i think preston here has some questions he could ask you what's
2: up charlie uh do you have a, uh, a favorite uh racing memory throughout your whole life there's a lot
3: of them unfortunately me and my dad didn't ever get to race together on a track whether it be carts or you know circle track uh in the class that i'm running now or something before he died but in dothan alabama there used to be an enclosed go-kart track uh where you could just go and you know pay for each race whatever i think we raced six races against one another that day and that was a lot of fun it was probably the first time me and him had actually gotten super competitive against each other that's probably one of my better racing memories
1: would you say that your dad was driving force to get you into the seat and get you driving
3: oh yeah absolutely so any other dad i pro- probably wouldn't have really ever gotten into it right so i was just grew up around it
1: all right any future plans to further the racing career you have plans and goals through uh cup light
3: as of right now no i'm still running cup lights i still plan on running them maybe a couple years down the road like to maybe buy a modified something like that i'll run it at South Alabama Speedway as well, maybe Five Flags Speedway. Now, I've been to
1: South Alabama Speedway. It's a small track. It's a local track. I enjoyed it because of how inexpensive it was to go into the pits. I think it was $30 to go into the pits, and I spotted for you. Mm -hmm. My my, my career as a spotter started there, and it didn't really last long there. What happened in that race? No,
3: it didn't last one at all. Uh, We've been having about a season and a half worth of bad luck. And it just continued the first race of this season.
1: How difficult is it, as a driver, once you start getting bad luck? Is it tough to break that rut? Or is it one of those things where it just works itself out?
3: I guess it's just one of those things You work, it works itself out. I mean, you still got to prepare for every weekend the same way. Go down your checklist, make sure everything's ready to go. That's really the best you can do. I mean, you can prepare for anything, but it doesn't mean it's not gonna happen.
1: Right. And is it is it easier as a driver racing at really one track at South Alabama Speedway to prepare for a race or is it are there factors in it that might influence a setup or anything?
3: No, it It does make things a little easier when you're only running the same track every other Saturday or whatnot, right? Because it's really you're really showing up with the same setup. You just may have to tweak it depending on you know temperatures and
1: whether it's rain lately, tracks wet, slick, right? Yeah, and and not only cup lights run there, but got your street stock. You had a few Uh, other, a bunch of
3: different classes: street stock, road runners. You have your super stocks, which I guess is kind of like a limited late model something like that right um and then you have your pro and super late models that come in in march for the rattler race
1: do you own your car or do you have a team owner
3: no we uh i have a team owner he actually owns five of the cup lots wow what's his name uh roy hester
1: Roy hester so did you approach roy or did roy approach you for this
3: well i moved back to north carolina after i got married and i was trying to sell my car and roy actually bought it from me we just kind of worked out a deal from there
1: this is a cup light yes okay
3: he uh he bought it and he's like listen you know i'm still not going to drive it i'll buy it from you, and you can kind of come in you know help me work on it keep it up yada 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 you know you can run it on saturday nights
1: Okay, so it's kind of a win-win. You get the money back and you still get to drive.
3: Yeah, it was. Now, I do still help Roy out as far as buying stuff here and there and it's really me and him working on three of those cars honestly
1: what's the most expensive component of a cup light? Like?
3: there's really not one thing on these things that may cost may cost more than other components i mean yeah your engines are always more expensive piece of the car but no really not one more expensive than any of the other. so it's it's a, it's a spec class so to speak right so they try and keep the budget down on it you know the cost of running and all that so
1: yeah because i saw the cars and they were there's not much wiggle room it isn't like the monster energy cup cars where you have all this space to your right Mm -hmm. and behind you you're pretty much in a single seat or kind of like an open wheel car but with a stock car body on it yeah
3: it's kind of like a a larger bandolero
1: Uh, charlie i got a, a
2: couple quick questions here for you um now the races you run uh are they like primarily on the weekends
3: yeah they're always on saturday nights other than the rattler weekend in march they may have us run on friday night
2: okay um so that leaves you know the rest of the week do you have like another job or something that you do in your spare time
3: um full-time national guard took a recruiting job back in march been in for about nine years now so wow.
1: so i mean for all the listeners out there in podcast land what's your contact information or a good email that if anybody maybe was interested in the alabama national guard for our alabama listeners to get in contact with you with
3: uh yeah absolutely uh phone number is 334-343-9505 and then email address they can reach me at charlie.herkus at yahoo.com
1: Okay, that's an army. That's what the army, a national guard uses. At yahoo. No, they
3: don't. They don't use the. That's my personal email address. Oh, um, wow, it's just a little easier to. It's a whole lot less dots than trying to give out the yeah, military the one. The dot mil,
1: Dot army. <laughs> yeah. Dot everything. Yeah, yeah, I've been there, buddy. Uh, my Marine Corps time. It was and emails are not fun from the government side. So that yeah, Charlie. Dot at Yahoo is a good way to get in touch with you without the use of a government computer yeah absolutely okay because so, i know that's uh, that
3: one to come to my phone so
1: i know that's a, a an option for a lot of kids you know that want a career in the military but don't want to sacrifice
3: yeah they don't want to necessarily go you know full-time right away now we've had a lot of national guard guys that have gotten in done three or four years you know I, you have know, really enjoyed this may transfer to the active component
1: because I know for me, after the Marine Corps, I went National Guard, and it was just not a good fit for it's me. It's a big difference. It, I mean, you go from active duty, and I think this is the case with any branch. My
3: actual, my actual boss or NCOIC or whatnot um, is actually prior Marine Corps before he came in.
1: And it seems like either you got it and you can adapt well, but some Marines, myself yep. included just could not understand wrap our head, my head around the army yeah and
3: there's a it's definitely a, a huge mindset different i i guess that's really the easiest way to say it there's a lot of prior service marine corps that that come into the guard once they get done with their active service so
1: i know it was tough for me we're going to switch back to racing here we're going to shift back to racing since we're at the Rollville. you've been doing this for how long since you were three years old racing off yeah, and th- on
3: three years old was the first time I ever got on track.
1: What what advice would you give someone like like say you're you're a father now and you have a, a daughter and you would like to see her, I'm sure, racing? Absolutely. From a mindset of a dad now putting their child into a car, what advice would you maybe give them? Because you hear a lot of fathers like John Bickford putting Jeff Gordon in and Tony Stewart's dad putting them in really young and just kind of living through them. I mean, do you kind of feel like you wanna avoid living your long-term goals through emma or do you want to just say hey do it you know
3: i i would have no problem i mean i'm 30 years old so uh, i'd have no problem stepping aside if this is something that my daughter really enjoyed doing right i'm maybe in a better position to help her advance a little quicker than say my parents were when i were her age so i would definitely step aside and and focus on her
1: i keep going off your rail but i feel so bad for preston here who is the co host of this? Because we have two microphones right now. I'm, we got a third in microphone and another whole setup on the way. He's just kind of sitting here, poor guy. You know, I feel like he's not engaged in it. I mean, what, what's wrong, Creston? Good,
2: I'm right here. It's, it's okay.
1: Oh, okay. So he's here, and I feel like, you know, I mean, you're the co-host of this. Is that your wife calling? Oh, man. You might want yep, to take you, that. You better answer that. You better answer that. I'll sit here with Trial. but yeah, the greatness of doing this, you sound like a genius sometimes. So you're here at NASCAR. What was your first NASCAR race?
3: First one was Talladega. And who won that? I believe Michael Waltrip won that race.
1: So that was in 2000. 2000- it may have been
3: Harvick. I, I can't remember.
1: It was either. So it was somewhere around 2003, yeah, yeah. around then. And that's surprising, you growing up in a racing family. Going to well,
3: a... I mean, we were we were always at the go-kart track or something like that every weekend. It wasn't like now uh, where we run every other week. We, I mean, we were usually down in Florida or somewhere uh, running every weekend.
1: What do your career stats look like? I honestly wouldn't even know where to begin. Um, we'll just go to Cup Light since you're racing there now. What are your Cup Light stats? I've got one win
3: in the six years. Unfortunately, I have yet to run an actual whole season. So it's really running five or six races a year. At most, a lot of times, uh, being you know, I'd have to miss time with the National Guard, whatnot,
1: yeah, and that takes the kind of priority that puts the food on the table. Yeah, I get paid to do that. It's kind of like me and my job, it's a flexible schedule, right. but I still can't say, Oh, I'm calling sick or whatever. It's a yeah. man, and that's good. At least you know where your priorities lie. Yep. I feel, and I'm sure you've seen it at local short tracks, especially, this can consume you.
3: Oh, yeah, I mean, you're not just driving and I'm not saying all drivers just show up and just drive and whatnot but
1: there's a lot of you know hours
3: taken away from friends, family, whatnot that you tie up into working on these things to get ready for that next race going back to those friends and family without their help. It just doesn't happen on on Saturday night racing.
1: Now, I I noticed when we were at qualifying yesterday, I'm there taking pictures because that's what I do at NASCAR races. I'll take about 3,000 photos at every race. I noticed you kind of, when Chase Elliott spun there coming out of the final chicane you you kind of called it out it's like this is what he did wrong is that instinctive for every driver you kind of can see uh, or and, you can kind of hear because you didn't see what he did you heard the rpm in the engine and and that's pretty cool because you said he shifted one downshifted once downshifted twice
3: yeah i don't know if he from what it sounded like it's like he missed a downshift and wasn't able to slow up you know as quick that's just kind of what it sounded like from sitting in the stands
1: do you feel like like programs like iRacing help develop or at least practice with car control
3: yes i think it's to an extent so to speak because i mean you're never going to get the exact experience out of what you would actually go into the track getting yeah more Coriota more guy. like
1: the feel right, of the G's right. and the, stuff
3: the hard part for me if i was to ever start running I racing and stuff like that like you always hear the term of drivers driving by the seat of their pants yeah and that's true because i if you feel the rear end of a car get loose the first place you feel it is in the seat so it's 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 hard to explain unless you were in actually a simulator that moved you know kind of how you were going like on the, the track and stuff like that simulators yeah
1: that I, yeah. if i bought um, my wife would be Horribly, I'm just mad. <laughs> you know, because that's as close as I'll ever get to driving a car, I feel. Caroline will always say, you can buy a go-kart. Well, I'd rather buy a camper. I'd rather go to the track as an enthusiastic fan than spend money and time. When I get consumed in something, I'll be in the garage all, all day working on it, just thinking, do I have the right gear in? Do I have to write setup, you know, not talking like what you run, but like go-karts. I feel like I, that would just consume me more so than anything.
3: We, even in karting, we, uh, we put in countless hours. I think it's just racing in general. You you need to be you kinda need prepared to, be to spend some time. You
1: yeah. need to be all in. And, and yeah. I don't, I don't want to sacrifice time away from Caroline just to, you know, do something that I don't think will go anywhere. Caroline's convinced that it will, but I don't think it will.
3: Well, but, I do got to add, though, back on the stats thing, we kind of – stopped after yeah. the one win and it sounds like we do got multiple multiple top five finishes we're usually a top five car finished second a couple races ago it was a good race for us i w- it wasn't in my car i was running of the other Couple out cars uh that car hadn't seen the track in a couple years we kind of went with the same stuff that was on the car as far as springs stuff like that that the other driver was running and actually turned out pretty good for us so
1: i have to ask is this your first interview ever like kind of like sit down and interview other
3: than if they interview me you know for like the race i won if they have time and they interview second third whatnot other
1: other podcast yes absolutely
3: first podcast okay
1: well this is my first podcast too this is our third episode I feel like a lot of drivers, if they're not at late models, are kind of just not.
3: Yeah, I mean, you got some other divisions, such as like the modifieds and stuff like that, that you can travel around.
1: They have and a little bit of a following.
3: Yeah. Whereas, yeah, absolutely. whereas
1: at, there at South Alabama Speedway, you have your local legends, those guys who. Yeah,
3: local legends would be a good term
1: those are the guys you want to root for and and it depends on i'm guessing on what series because i'm sure i'm sure there's a following for the cup like who would you consider being the local track legend there if it's not you if it's you go ahead and just
3: no no it's not me i'd i definitely have a good group of fans that you know every time my name's called out cheer for me whatnot of course my biggest fan being my daughter no doubt it's kind of hard to choose i mean there's some drivers from some of the other classes that the fans just love and that's what they show up for
1: those are the draws yeah yeah would, I
3: guess that's a, a decent term. Would, would you
1: say there. you're kind of like the preliminary races? Like, the you know, you have your main feature? Yeah, I, I'll,
3: be the, uh, I'll be the backup fan favorite, maybe. Let's just go with that.
1: Okay, so cup lights are pretty popular there. Because when I, I, I went there in March, I think it was the first race of the season for you guys. It was a pretty chilly night for Alabama standards. I, I went there kind of expecting not. And I wore a light jacket, and I made a big mistake. I think I developed a cold afterwards. I guess through the summer it gets a little warmer you draw more fans up to a point because it does get hot in lower Alabama, like humid
2: Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah, the, uh, the Rattler weekend that you came to always seems to be cold so you could wear shorts the middle of the day, but by 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock. Oh, yeah, I found be-
1: that out fast. I think I got to the track at 7, and yeah. it was just, oh, man, I made a big mistake. And, and I barely got to spend time with you. That was the last time we saw each other. You were so busy. It wasn't like I could just sit down and have a beer with you. It's like, no, I'm busy. I'm busy. Here, you could you could carry my jack. And then I spotted for you, and, well, that didn't end Unfortunately, well. Unfortunately,
3: uh, you didn't get to spot a whole race because that – Bad hey, luck I was speaking of earlier just kind of followed us. So
1: you know that I think that happens. You look at any driver, you look at them have bad runs, and look, look at Jimmy Johnson in the Cup level. Everybody's saying he's done. Does that happen at local short tracks too? Where yeah,
3: every. Everybody, you know, whether it be baseball, football, racing, I don't think it matters. Everybody's got slumps they go through. Honestly, you just gotta give it time to come out.
1: And is it tougher to come out of the slump when you have the people questioning you? Like a Jimmy Johnson, everybody's saying he's he's done, he's past his prime. But every driver, I mean, Kyle Bush has gone through a slump, Dale Earnhardt's gone through the slump, Dale Jr. Everyone. I think it I think
3: it makes it harder.
1: I mean, I can't really speak on that. Well, from uh, let's go from your personal experience. You go through a slump. Does the negative kind of talk through the pits or in the paddock or in the stands? You kind of probably hear that stuff. And just Charlie Hirk is can you run competitively? Does that affect you?
3: No, I, I don't hear a lot of it outside the track because usually the same people I'm talking to outside of the races on our Saturday night are the same people that are in the pits helping me.
1: Okay, so you kind of keep to your yeah, kind keep, of just, keep to your group, keep to your pit stall, your pit crew. I right. may question myself a lot of times, but. Here Is that, I am, okay. I show
3: right back up and working a, on the car and trying to get going.
1: Is that more poison, a driver questioning himself, than a fan or a sports yeah, writer?
3: Yeah, I believe so. I, I think that it, it starts within yourself, and you can build off that. you got to learn to block out the outside stuff, all the peer pressure. How, how tough is that?
1: Whatnot. So do what? How tough is that?
3: It's not easy, because especially when you go through a season and a half of it like I have or whatnot. Now, I've had some good runs since then, a couple second-place finishers this year, and that helps once you finally – You know, get get through and kind of see some light at the end of the tunnel, and you can kind of build off it. But I mean, it's not easy. You just gotta keep putting into work and keep showing up and and hoping for the best.
1: Yeah, I mean, just going from there, going forward. I mean, you 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 could see yourself in the next level up, and what the
3: I'd love to run some modifieds. You think I'd have a lot of fun? But you could Um,
1: see yourself in in that car. You could see yourself maybe traveling outside of South Alabama Speedway to maybe Florida, Georgia. Yeah, absolutely. The track's closer and, and to there. And would love to do it. So. And, and, I mean, does your team owner, would he want to make that move up, or is he happy in cup life? I
3: don't know. I would say he would, but at the same time, he's also got a lot of time and money invested in this series as it is with owning five cars.
1: I, that's so. a lot. I mean, how many run on an average – Saturday night there.
3: This year I've been the only one running for him other than the first race of the year. We had two cars there.
1: And is it more so commitment on the outside for them, like I can't make it because of my job, I can't make it because of my family?
3: Yeah, like the car I ran last weekend, it hasn't run because of the guy's job. He just can't get the time off to do it anymore. So Royce decided to maybe sell one car. Mine we're we're still chasing a demon in it handling wise. Don't know what's going on there. So that's the reason why I ran one of Roy's other cars,
1: you know, in hopes to sell it. Who was that guy helping you out there that weekend? It was a I don't know his name. I forget his name offhand. Yeah, but- uh,
3: Jason Reeves. His family. You can't go without giving a shout out to them. I mean they they've helped me out tremendously as well as far as if I'm needing something machined and stuff like that.
1: Is he kind of your crew chief? And in- yeah. Yeah, okay. absolutely so. Because he, he was hustling out there, taking care of you more so, you know, getting ready and then putting you in the car and strapping you in. I know he when I was spotting, I was standing up top. For spotters out there, don't do it from the infield because you'll get dizzy. I was just spinning around with you. It's like, I can't do this for 50 laps. That that was ridiculous. Do it from the stands. It's help your equilibrium out. Jason, you said his name was? Yeah, Jason
3: Reeves. He uh He spots for me as well. He's kind of the all-around good guy, you know, good guy to have on your side to help. I mean, you know, him and Roy both have, are as close to dad figures, I guess, at the racetrack that I've had since my dad died. So, I mean, it, do, they're, they're, they're good people, and I enjoy having them around.
1: Do drivers need that experience individual at the track in order to be successful?
3: I wouldn't say maybe the father figure, but just having that one person that you know is on your side and know would be there if you ever needed help definitely yeah. helps. So. I think if you you show up knowing that let's just go back on that because you cannot show up on Saturday Night Race and think you can do it by yourself. you you gotta have help.
1: There, there's no I in team There's there absolutely no I in team When, when it comes to racing Because you don't see Kyle Busch jumping out Changing four tires and putting yeah. gas in the car Absolutely I go back to this And and I heard Rusty Wallace say this once That you have to know your car What every bolt does What everything does I mean, Do you feel like that? Like a driver needs to know
3: Yeah, there, yeah. I, I think as a driver You kind of need A pretty well-rounded knowledge On whatever you're driving you know, whether it be bandoleros, legends, anything like that, you need to know what you're driving, not just how to drive it.
1: You, you ever see those things on M- NBC pushed where this this girl would ask, like, Clint Boyer and Kyle Bush and all these other guys' questions? I remember her asking, what's a tapered spacer to Clint Boyer? And he he looked at her like she had lobsters crawling out of her ears. She had, he kind of was like, I don't know, it just prevents something from happening. She asked Kyle Bush the same question, and he explained it to her so well. I can't even explain it back to you, you know. <laughs> uh, but, do you, I mean, do you feel like that's the difference between a successful driver and a driver who kind of runs okay is knowing their car?
3: Yeah, I think that it helps the guys that are working on the car have a better understanding of what you're trying to tell them. If you can explain actually what the car is doing a lot better, it it doesn't hurt by no
1: means. Okay, so we're going to try to get Preston back in here. His wife called and he stepped out. She's a very understanding woman as all wives I hope usually are understanding that they're doing this and trying to fit it all in charlie i really thank you for taking the time i know you're up here anyway and we all brought this equipment up here well thank you for i mean taking the 35 minutes to kind of sit down with us we'll enjoy the rest of the day enjoy some
3: yeah, absolutely i'm glad i'm glad i got to do this like i said the first podcast for me yeah and, so and i
1: wanted to make sure uh you were you were our first driver that we probably, interviewed probably
3: more or less the first big interview I'm- I'm going to be honest there. Well, well
1: hopefully uh, people will hear this and maybe follow. Is there a way for them to follow South Alabama Speedway?
3: Uh, Yeah, you can go like them on Facebook. I think that's all they have right now. Do they stream races? Because I know there's some Uh, stream. There is one lady that films the races every weekend, and they will be posted to... The Facebook
1: page. So it's South Alabama Speedway like him on Facebook and yep. you'll get to see Charlie Herkus running in his cup like well Charlie I, I thank you for your time uh, Lude has some more questions here but we kind of uh, covered that we'll, we'll have Lude come back in here do the driver of the week and this day in NASCAR so we could hear his voice a little bit again Charlie thank you for your time.
3: Yeah absolutely thank and, you for uh, having
1: me. we'll definitely t- let you know when this is posted and you could share it with the rest of the people down there in South Alabama Speedway and maybe get some of them back on here maybe talk to Jason and your team owner too too, yeah. About absolutely. what's y'all, going on.
3: Uh, y'all come on down in March. Yeah, we'll give you Watch business.
1: We'll give you business cards. We we did make a mistake. Uh this is just kind of for us now. We made a mistake. Our Twitter handle is at marbles in. There's no underscore. So it's at marbles in. We had little issues with our other account that we have on our cards, so that's going to be corrected. But at Marbles In on Twitter and at in the marbles in on Facebook, definitely like and follow the page. Like and follow Charlie's page. Uh, find him out there he's a good driver maybe one of those up-and-comers in the next series ups. all right preston we just got done talking with charlie Hercus. what do you think of charlie
2: uh charlie's a really cool guy i like hanging out with him
1: i think he's got something going for him he just needs to ripe right things to fall in place so we come to that part of the show where we talk about the driver of the week and preston who is our driver of the week
2: well uh beamer since i just we're in The Charlotte area. I figured I'd go with a, a legend in the sport, and our driver of the week is uh, Jeff Gordon. He's uh, born August 4th, 1971, uh, retired from the sport of NASCAR. He is currently an announcer for NASCAR on Fox, and he is currently serving as a top executive for Hendrick Motorsports. He drove the number 24 Chevrolet for Hendrick Motorsports. In 23 full-time seasons between 1993 and 2015, his career stats in NASCAR, 93 wins, 477 top tens, and 81 polls.
0: I've
1: only seen him win one time, and that was the 2007 Bank of America 500 here at the Charlotte Motor Speedway after i got back from iraq i saw it with my dad and uncle john and that was a really cool victory preston we come to that point in the show where we had our news had our driver interview our first driver interview at in the marbles what happened on this week in nascar history
2: uh well for this week in nascar history i figured since we're here at the roval for just the second race and it's famed history already. I figured we flash it back to uh, last season. What a great race that was. That was a great race. Jimmy Johnson, wrecking Martin Truex Jr., and the final, well, I guess you could say two turns and then Ryan Blaney passing both of them to win the race, sur- and then Johnson didn't even make the playoffs.
1: A surprise winner. I didn't even know who was in third. I, every, I think everybody was just so focused on Jimmy Johnson and Martin Truex Jr. there. When that happened, it was just a shocking moment, one of those moments that I know I'll never forget being here at the inaugural role. Of old Preston, that'll about do it. You got anything else last minute for our listeners? Uh,
2: nothing last minute. I hope everybody enjoys their week and uh, i can't wait for this roval race
1: yeah i can't wait for it either we'll definitely give you an insight on it a good detail insight and then after this we have dover dover is going to be one of those tracks like talladega where anything could happen it's a they don't call it the monster mile for nothing that'll about wrap it up for in the marbles i'm matt beamer along with preston mood thank you for listening and have a good rest of your week
0: dinner.